Motion. This is Pastor Daniel, and today we're going to be finishing up 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll be looking at verses 18 through 23, the end of the chapter. So let's look at this. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Wow, some profound stuff. Well, let's just unpack this a little bit. So Paul kind of comes back full circle <clears throat> to his beginning of his this conversation about the division in the church at Corinth based on personalities and the immaturity of the people to follow a, a fleshly human being instead of just following Jesus. Brings it full circle back to this conversation about wisdom and folly, being wise or being foolish. You know, someone who is wise follows Jesus. Someone who's foolish just follows a human man. Um, someone who's wise goes where Jesus leads him. Someone who's foolish worries about, well, I'm only going to follow Paul. Or I'm going to follow Apollos or Cephas. And of course, Cephas is the Aramaic term for Peter. So he brings it back full circle to remind them that if you think you're wise, become a fool. Because wisdom of this world is foolishness or folly with God. <clears throat> and then he ends this, this whole section, this whole conversation um, with this pretty profound thought where he says, it's all yours, right? All things are yours. Don't boast in men. All things are yours. That's that's a uh, profound statement because what, he's, what Paul is saying here is, look, Paul, Apollos, Peter, they're not greater than you. They're yours. You are theirs. You're all in the same boat together. Yeah, there's different roles and responsibilities and functions. You have to have some to be leaders, but we're all fallen humans. We are all prone to sin and division and folly. But through wisdom, through the wisdom of the gospel, we're all together moving forward in faith. And so there's this it's all yours kind of kind of concept. And because it's all ours, it's all ours. The world. One day we we're you know, Paul says elsewhere, we are joint heirs with Jesus. We inherit it all. The whole world. One day the new heaven, the new earth. And I love to think about this and just kind of ponder what it's going to be like and look like. It'll all be ours, right? We'll reign with Christ. The world, life and death, the present, the future, it's all ours. Why? Because of the power of the gospel, that which unifies us. So notice the unity language here that Paul uses. He's been talking about division. If you follow the folly of following a fleshly human being, that leads to division. But if you follow Jesus, it leads to unity, where it's all yours. It's all, if I can use the term from yesterday, it's y'all's, right? (laughs) It's all ours. And then, just to cap it off, he reminds us that not only is it all ours, but we all belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God. And as we'll see when we get to 1 Corinthians 15, it ends with saying, so that God can be all and in all. 
So it's all about God. Kind of the the big picture story of the Bible is the love story within the Trinity, between God the Father, God the Son, and the Spirit, the love, the perfect oneness that exists within the triune God. You know, Jesus alludes to this sometimes when he says, all that the Father has given me, I will not lose any, but raise him up the last day. He says that in John 5 and John 6. And so we see that this the Father has given the Son a gift, and that gift is us. And we become precious to the Son because he has saved us. He sacrificed himself for us to save, to rescue the gift from the Father. And in the end, 1 Corinthians 15 points to the end, as this one here kind of alludes to in 1 Corinthians 3, that then the Son gives it all back to the Father. It's a lo- And we are the gift. We are the expression of that love between the Father and the Son, and then from the Son back to the Father. So just end with this thought. You know, Think about what was one of the most meaningful gifts that you've ever received? And why was that gift so meaningful? You know, for me, that gift was a silly little toy soldier. Um, little, you know, maybe a, a two-inch soldier, like a little army man kind of a thing. But it was given to me by my brother, who I just really adored and looked up to. Still do. He's nine years older than me, and um, he had gone to the military academy and came home bearing gifts. And one of his gifts was give me a little a little toy soldier West Point cadet. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. I love that little soldier. Why? It was pretty, you know, it might have cost a dollar. It's not that it had any innate value, but it's because of who gave it to me. My brother gave me that. My cool, awesome, amazing big brother that I wanted to be just like. So because of the value of the giver, how much I love the giver, I treasured the gift. Well, don't you know that's why God loves us so much? It's not because of our own selves. I mean, we're sinners. We don't deserve to be loved or saved. But God loves us so much because we are that gift. We're the object of expression of love from the Father to the Son and the Son to the Father. So let that love fuel you today and look to bring others into being that gift as well as you share the gospel. I pray you walk tightly with Jesus. I'll talk to you next week.